This is the SEO Mindset Podcast with your hosts, Sarah McDowell and Tasmin Sullivan. This podcast is for SEO professionals and each week with the help of our wonderful guests, we discuss the important stuff that actually affects our careers and progression, but sadly often doesn't get talked about. You know, the invaluable soft and interpersonal skills that are often taken for granted, such as the skills we need for listening, time management, communication, and more. We also talk about the big issues that affect us and our careers, such as burnout, imposter syndrome, self-belief, saying no, plus other big issues and obstacles. With this podcast, we want to share knowledge on topics that unlock our listeners' true potential and enhance not only their careers, but all parts of their lives. So are you ready to prioritize your own personal growth and career development? Then let's crack on with this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the SEO Mindset Podcast. Um, This is a podcast that aims to give you all lots of information on soft skills and today's episode is absolutely not going to disappoint. We're going to be talking about two terms that aren't often put together, happiness and high performance. So how do you balance a team's happiness and their high performance? I'm going to be um, joined today by Alex. Alex is the agency director at Clicky, who has loads and loads, 10 years plus experience in the digital world. And um, I have met, well, I say met, I was in the audience when Alex was giving his talk on this topic at Brighton in April. And since then, I've been wanting to get him onto the show so he can share the information he did that day, plus more with everyone else um, listening today. Um, But before we dive into lots and lots of questions, I've got a few reminders that Sarah and I usually um, start the episode off with. So if you are enjoying the podcast and would like to support Sarah and myself, there's a few ways you could do it. One is to subscribe to the podcast. We have many listeners who are not subscribers and we'd love to have more of you um, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time we release a podcast. It's usually about uh, about 40 a year. We try to do about 40, 45 a year. And that way, um, every time there's an episode ready, you'll be able to be notified. There is a link in the show notes. And there is also another link in the show notes for a donate one one time one off payment for or buy me a coffee. So if you'd like to buy Sarah and my, myself a coffee, then that would be wonderful. So um, Alex, thank you so much. It's taken a while to get get our diaries aligned, but I'm really excited about today's episode because I loved your talk. Um, I loved the way you delivered your talk. You made you made the information really easy to digest. And, you know, sometimes I tell people go to Brighton, even if you're not listening to the actual content, it's a masterclass in, in speaking, speak, um, you know, speech, uh, no, say, talk delivery. But, you know, how do you, do you still get nervous when you're doing talks? Every single time. Um, really? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter how many you do it. It never gets easier for me. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't show you just very calm, very poised, and you were just 
um, relaying the information off beautifully. But for those people who are listening today that hadn't been at the Brighton Talk, could you give us a little bit of a summary of what you told us that day? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, the whole premise of the talk was to talk about how we, yeah, like you said, deliver high performance in teams whilst not losing that element of, of culture that is so important and, and that drives people to work for organisations and to want to work for businesses. Um, so what I kind of did was I broke what high performance looked like down. Um, so it's, it, it differs by every business. So essentially um, the SEO and me just want to say it depends. And I managed to fit that into a slide, which was quite nice. Um, yeah. But I guess it, it was first of all, we defined what high performance looked like. So it was whatever that, that organization deems to be important. So I, I gave an example as of Clicky, um, so as, as an agency. So define, define what high performance looked like for us, which was a few of our key pillars, things that related to the typical business metrics like revenue and profit, but then also client happiness, team happiness, um, and, and, and those sort of things as well. We track those in using various different things. So um, client and employee happiness tends to be tracked with something like uh, NPS, um, so Net Promoter Score, which is a good way of, of gauging that. Um, but yeah, and then like I said, the others are things like re- uh, revenue, profit, and then and then client performance targets as well. So we started off by defining that um, and giving people an insight into how we do it, but then also hopefully giving them a few ideas, ideas as how they can measure high performance in, in their organization and then what i did from there was i broke it down into we started to look at the, the pillars of high performing teams and, and a few almost sort of habit and um, system based things that we could use to, to define high performance and some things that you can use to, to to sort of foster that culture in a team and and as part of that i tried to then show how that can have an impact on culture and making sure people are happy in their roles and, and happy with the organization so I introduced um, what I call the AIR framework, which is essentially accountability, incrementality and, and recognition. So talking about how these three areas, if we if we use them correctly, can not only help us to perform really well as a team, but they can also help us to build a culture that, that still allows us to get what we need from, from our workplace in terms of employees um, and also tries to make that, that transition from, like you said, high performance and, and happiness or employee happiness don't always go together. So it's how these can can help us to to bridge that gap between um, high performance and yeah a, a really happy culture. Yeah. What made you go down this path? Um, is it something you know high performance and happiness is something you've always been interested in, um, or is it more of a, an organisational conscious decision? T- tell me a little bit about the background. So for me, I've, I mean, it's a bit of a strange way to look at it, but I, um, I've always been involved in sort of sports teams over the years and things like that. And there's, there's something beautiful about the, the, the moment that something clicks in a team and, and you're all working towards the same goal. You're all performing really well, but you're all enjoying every second of it. It takes a while to get there, but I want to try and transfer that sort of feeling over, to, over to business because I, I felt like that it was transferable. I felt like it was achievable as well. So that's what sort of led me down this path. And, you know, some of the analogies that I used at Brighton SEO as well were sports related because you think you, you talk about teams that perform to a really high standard. There are a lot of sports teams that do that. And that's kind of where the idea came from and, and how I started to develop that from there. Um, like I said, it, it's knowing that, you, that there's that feeling when everything gels, everything just sort of clicks into place. If we can get that in business, then then you're you're, you're going to be flying as an organisation, and everyone's going to be happy. Um, so that that's kind of where the the idea came from. Um, and personally, I've always been quite passionate about building a a workplace that people are happy to be you know to, to be involved with, proud to be associated with. They want to come to work day after day. But also, I know that you know as a business leader, I've got to make sure I hit my targets, and I've got to make sure that we 
we move forward as a business. So it's balancing those two. Um, so something I'm really, like, like I said, something I'm really passionate about is the happiness side, but also making sure that it, it makes sense from a commercial perspective as well. But they don't necessarily clash with each other, do they? They go hand in hand and it's trying to um, get people and organisations to understand that, that there is an ROI on your your team being happy. Yeah, exactly. And I think you, you can see the correlation between teams being more engaged, more happy and performance being high as well. And it makes high performance a lot easier to achieve when you have got such a high, a high performing team. I mean, you, you can have really talented people in a business, but if they are less engaged, you'll probably get less out of them. And if it, on the flip side, if, if they're more engaged, if they're more happy, if you build that culture, they're happy to be associated with, and it, it makes them want to come to work every day, you just get more out of them. So it takes really, really talented employees to the next level because they, they just want to do good work as well, because that's it makes them as passionate about the business as you are as well. And, and that's, yeah, that's a really powerful thing to, to have. What would you say to the skeptics out there? I'd say, well, if you're sceptical of the approach, if you're sceptical that you can have the two together, I think you just probably haven't got the, the systems right in the past. And it's, you know, it's, that, that's not on anyone. It's just, it can be quite hard to get that balance. It's not an easy thing because if it was, everyone would do it. If yeah. if it was easy to, to create a high performing workplace that, that everyone was, you know, really, really happy in, then every company would, would have that. And we wouldn't have, you know, companies with bad glass door reviews or poor employee reviews, and, and we wouldn't have people wanting to look for, for new roles because everyone would be happy in, in their current workplace. Um, so, yeah, I think it is it's possible, but it is it is difficult. And to the skeptics, I, I guess it's, yeah, it, it, it's about keeping an open mind, really, about how it can be achievable because, yeah, I, I understand why someone might, might not think it would be because it, it, it is really hard to achieve. Um, and in the past, when, when I've been working in leadership roles passionate much the same as you are it's it's often the team members who will roll their eyes and go here we go again because it is difficult to achieve but with that attitude it just makes it harder to achieve and it's um you know it's tricky it really is tricky but yeah um, and it's like open-mindedness again yeah Yeah, exactly it's open-mindedness from the team members as well and something that when we introduced this at Clicky and when I've introduced it to people before, I, it's the team members I try and address as well because obviously they're, they're a big part of this. And one, whenever we change them, whenever we add something to new at Clicky, one of the things I say is, look, just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, hold my hands up and then we'll do something else. But if you give me 100% on this and we try everything we can to make it work, if it works, absolutely fantastic. If it doesn't, we try something, we try something new. And that kind of approach as well helps to get people's buy-in because they know that you're listening to them. They, they know you're listening to the feedback. Um, you just have to make sure you follow through on it. So if you do implement something and you can see that it doesn't work and you set yourself a clear deadline for assessing that and making sure that you do you know, stick to those timelines, people will then buy into that. And every time you try and introduce something new like this, they, they will then continue to give you everything. And yeah, if it doesn't work, they know that something else will be on the way after that. So... Yeah, I think it can, you know, again, it can be met with resistance, but it's all about building up trust and accountability for yourself and with your team and making sure they can trust that you will make the right call if something does or doesn't work. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, again, a powerful thing to have. Actually, just, just in those few sentences that you said, um, for me, it delivers so much insight, the fact that, um, somebody can stand up in front of their team and say, look, let's give it a go. If it doesn't work, we'll try something different. 
and they knowing that there is that two-way communication. And I feel that that's where so many organisations fall over. They've sat in a room, decided that this is the approach they're going to take, this is what's going to work, and they then just deliver it as a this is what's going to happen. And that automatically then, for from the employee point of view, will just close the door, not interested because they're being told rather than being part of the process. And, and again, this is something that's easy to say but hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you need to make people feel comfortable. They can give that feedback as well. So one of the the, the pillars, I guess, of the framework, like I said, was accountability. And and that's not just accountability for team members. That That is accountability for everyone in that organisation and having a culture that encourages feedback and that encourages feedback, not just yeah, from, from managers to, to the team, it's from the team up to leadership and, and further up from there and people being able to give feedback to people on their own level. It's just making sure that there's a culture of, of shared um, commitment to, to feedback and that you have frameworks in place as well. So uh, Brian and I talked about the uh, the SBI framework that, that we like to use, or I've, I've used it a lot over the years, which is situation, behaviour, impact. So if you have feedback for somebody, you describe the situation that occurred their behaviour in that situation and the impact of, of their behaviour in that situation. And that's a really easy way to deliver feedback that people are comfortable with. Um, also, it's one that we make everyone aware of. So everyone knows that if you're going to get feedback, it's likely to be in that format. So you know how to digest it, you know how to respond to it. Um, and that, that, yeah, that's a really powerful thing. So it, it's, yeah, it's having that, making sure everyone is accountable within the organisation, which builds the trust from the team as well. So they know, I mean, my team know they can come and give me feedback when, whenever they want and, you know, we'll, everything will be taken on board and we'll do what we can about what the feedback is. Um, and, you know, a lot of organisations don't have that. I've, I've worked in organisations previously where the thought of giving direct feedback to my line manager, never mind my line manager's line manager, would be terrifying because, I, first of all, it wouldn't probably wouldn't be listened to. And second of all, it would probably put a bit of a black mark against my my name to say this person is going to be a problem. Um, so yeah, it can it depends on the organisation, um, but it, it yeah it it's good to have that culture of shared feedback. And and those two um, examples that you, scenarios that you highlighted doesn't make for a happy team. And again, like we clearly both believe that that happiness does deliver to the bottom line. Um, and I guess also. Have you noticed that staff are staying on longer? The retention is better. Yeah, I mean, we we have a fairly a fairly strong retention rate at Clicky. Um, so yeah, it does it does have an impact on retention rate. The more engaged somebody is, the more likely they are to to stay at the organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, as well, we do have you know some people that leave that, that come back as well. So um, you know, it's it's it, it gives us a bit of a. Um, a bit of confidence to know that, that, that a lot of the systems and approaches we've put into place are, you know, are helping us from that perspective. Obviously, you can't get it right every single time, but um, I'd like to think that the, the, the numbers that we see from a retention um, and advocacy perspective particularly are yeah, sort of telling of, of the success of the systems that we have in place. No, so it's a really good um, summary of what you talked about that day and you know, description of what that model looks like, what sort of things you need to put into it, um, some hurdles that you may face. So it's been really, really helpful. After we're going to take a break in a minute. After the break, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more detail about, you know, what if a new manager wants to develop this and what sort of skills would you recommend that they took on, um, and advice to team members. But is there anything else you want to add to the? concept of it or do you think we've covered it all 
I think we've covered it, um, but I would say if, if people are interested, then I can set up, we'll probably pop a link to um, my Brighton SEO slides somewhere from this as well, because all the detail that really is in there from the system and process perspective. So hopefully that can give a bit more context as to what I'm saying as well. That would be great. So if you send them over, I'll, what I'll do is I'll um, put a link in the show notes so that they can access it straight away. That'd be that'd be really good. I do remember the football references as well. Though some of it I didn't understand, but it, it is I I do I do get it. And when you see football teams and that camaraderie, and when it all like you said, when it, when it all clicks, there they are. I mean, I don't watch a lot of football, but when I do, you you do notice a difference with. Um, a team that are tussling against each other mm-hmm. opposed to the teams that are more fluid. Yeah, 100%. And uh, there's also, the, I guess, the there's the team gel in perspective, but there's also the team faith in, in the manager as well. So it frequently happens in you know football, as an example, is the teams lose faith in, in their leader and you can see that in their performance as well. Yeah. Um, so it's just as important from a, yeah, a leadership buying perspective. Yeah, and you, you hear them in the interviews when they've got that respect for their um, manager, it comes, it's not just words that they're saying, you can feel that respect mm-hmm. and that admiration and that trust. So no, it's, a, it's really good um, connection between the two very different fields. Yeah. Right, we'll take a break right now and we will be back shortly to talk to Alex a bit more in um, depth in, on this topic. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the SEO Mindset Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast and our episodes, you can support me in Tasman by giving us a donation on our Buy Me A Coffee page. Uh, the URL is the seomindset.co.uk forward slash donate. You can donate as much or as little um, and, be, and we'd be very appreciative. You can also follow or subscribe to the podcast by going to the seomindset.co.uk forward slash listen. Um, so by going there, you can subscribe or follow um, on your podcast playing platform of choice. And this is a great way to be notified whenever a new podcast episode is live and ready for you to listen to. Working on international websites and campaigns can be exciting and rewarding, but it can be challenging, frustrating, and sometimes even a little bit lonely. The International Search Summit is dedicated to all things international search and will bring together digital marketers from over 30 countries to learn, share, and connect in beautiful Barcelona. The three-track 30 speaker agenda covers a whole host of topics across international SEO, content and paid search and is the perfect event for anyone working for global brands or clients. It's happening on the 16th of November 2023 and listeners of this podcast can save 10% on tickets with the code SEO Mindset. That code again is SEO Mindset All you need to do is head on over to the seomindset.co.uk forward slash search summit to find out more and book your place. Don't worry, I'll pop a link in the show notes and I'll also put the code in there too.
welcome to the Therapy Crew podcast. I am Shelley Louise. And me, Ruthie Eleanor. And we are best friends and absolute chatterboxes. We love to talk and leave each other endless voice notes. And I absolutely love to tell stories. So we thought, why not start a podcast? I am a private practice psychotherapist whose expertise is in trauma, particularly that of narcissistic abuse. I am a student therapist who is nearly qualified. My background is in HR, sales and management, and I decided to change career to become a therapist four years ago. We both love connection, authenticity and all things therapy. So The Therapy Crew is our new podcast where the two of us will endeavour to take you on a journey of friendship, connection, vulnerability, fun and education all through the lens of therapy. Season one will cover the power of listening, the therapeutic relationship and the benefits and misconceptions of therapy, all with honesty, vulnerability and a whole lot of lols. That's me, Shelley Louise. And me, Ruthie Eleanor. Two best friends. Two therapists, two stories and one exciting journey. To join us on this journey, subscribe now and listen wherever you get your podcasts. So welcome everyone back to part two of this really interesting podcast on um, team um, team performance and happiness and balancing the two. So I'm talking to Alex from Clicky about it, um, partly because I have listened to his talk at Brighton. I'm excited about the next talk. He's speaking in September as well. I am, yeah. So uh, yeah, just just been given my my slot in the schedule for uh, for for the yeah the, the couple of days. So really excited for that one. Yeah. When are you speaking on Thursday or Friday? Thursday morning, so uh, yeah, I get it, get it sort of, get it done and, and out of the way quite early, which means I can enjoy the rest of the conference as well um, <laughs> without without worrying too much. Oh bless! Um, are you allowed to tell us what you're going to talk about? Yeah, so my talk is actually going to be way more technical than, than the last ones I've done. So it's going to be on log file analysis for SEO. So we're uh, yeah, completely opposite end of the scale. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that Kelvin was looking for some more technical speakers, so I thought I'd, I'd go for that one instead. Yeah. yeah, I'm not speaking until Friday. I think the eleven forty slot. Um, mm. So at ten um, forty, I'll be go- rushing off to one of the rooms to run one of the mindfulness sessions finish that and then rush back again to to deliver the talks but brighton brighton gets busy and busier for me now because we do the live podcast on the wednesday i do mm. mindfulness sessions on thursday and the friday and this time i'm giving the talk so maybe maybe i need a house there who knows <laughs> <laughs> but so before um the break we talked about the concept of a high performing team that is also happy what advice would you give an organisation or indeed a new manager um, who wants to adopt this way of working? Um, and also what sort of things should they be mindful of? What what advice would you give? I think for me, the, the first thing you have to do, and we, we touched on it a little bit before, is, is you've got to build up that trust with your team. You've got to build up the 
the accountability side of things for yourself. Um, I wouldn't say jump straight into this if, if it's something you've never done before, if it's something that you know is, is new to you and new to your organization. Don't just try and do it all at once. That is going to probably cause way more issues than, than, than you'd expect. So you know, there's, there's a whole thing with, with change management and being able to, to manage change effectively in a team. And, you know, not a lot of people will, will uh, take kindly to things coming in absolutely like completely out of the blue and, and quite, you know, large scale changes, which this can be over time. So try not to do it all at once. Um, and then like, like we talked about before, the way that I tend to work with the team is that we have a, an understanding and a, and a you know, relationship based on trust that I will, I will say, we'll, we'll try something out if it does not work we will we'll scrap it, we'll get rid of it, we'll try something else, and then we keep moving in that circle until we find something that works for everyone else. But that doesn't just happen. You can't just tell people to, to trust you with this overnight. You have to show that you are, that what you are going to do, what you said you're going to do, that you will follow through on those actions, that if something doesn't work, you will absolutely stop that and then try something else. So I think if you're a new manager to this, I would focus on building up that rapport, building up that trust and relationship with your team and making sure they know that, they can trust when that when you say that if it doesn't work you'll you'll stop. Um, so I guess that that if you're completely new to it, those two things. So don't try and do it all at once, and then make sure that you do have that foundation of of trust and accountability in place. Um, and I think make sure that you've got a lot of the the frameworks down in terms of how to how to give feedback, how to receive feedback, correct intervals for that. Um, so that I would start with that rather than trying to put these systems in place straight away. Um, there's a lot of foundational knowledge I think that you do need before you try and jump into something like this because it's one thing to you know to take a presentation for, for Brighton SEO for example and try to implement that it's another to understand the, the frameworks and, and, and systems that go beneath that and make sure that you know when you are in, in the midst of implementing this system that you're able to deal with any challenges that come your way you know maybe someone is working outside of one of the frameworks or maybe somebody hasn't quite understood how things are supposed to work. You need to make sure you can deal with that on the fly as well. So really get a foundational knowledge of, you know, like I said, some, some of those those frameworks, those systems, those processes. Um, and really, I think the trust is probably the, the most important thing um, to me. So we're going to put your um, slide deck in the show notes. Do you have any um, other resources that you would recommend? Because you were saying there is some learning to be done. Are there any books or um, people or... Anything like that? Yeah, so um, a book that was actually recommended to me by um, my old manager and, and mentor as well. So she actually got me to read a book called um, The One Minute Manager. Um, so again, just, okay. just for leadership roles, really. But it, it's a good um, a good short book on on how to structure feedback correctly, how, when to give feedback, how to give feedback, um, and, and just, just ways that you can manage that with a team so it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Um, one thing I have seen before in organisations is that people get given feedback at, at like six month or 12 month in intervals. And it could be that there's a, something as part something has happened four or five months ago and you're bringing it up in a six month review um, when the time's already passed, the time for feedback has already passed. Um, and, and suddenly you're dredging something back up to give somebody criticism or critical feedback, which just isn't helpful. So the, the, the one minute manager really helped me with that in terms of trying to understand what interval is appropriate, how it is appropriate to give feedback and, and sort of the methods behind that. So that's a really useful resource from my perspective. So we'll we'll put a link to the show notes um on that on that book. So that that's the the framework and the technical side of it. What about the softer side? What sort of soft skills would you encourage them to develop? 
so soft skills wise for for management i think um active listening for me is always you know a, a really positive skill to have um because it it, it helps to build that rapport with the team. Like I said, it's important that you do that. And one good way to do that is to show them that you're listening to them, to show that you're act, acting on on what they need you to do. So that that sort of um, yeah, that that sort of skill to me is is probably one of the more important ones. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's probably the the one that can help you the most with this framework. Yeah, um, active listening. You know, it's it's it just is that gift that keeps on giving, whether it's in your workplace or. At, at home, um, any situation, and we just, you know, we've said this time and time again, nobody gets taught how to listen. What mm-hmm. One of the tips that I got from, I can't remember what course I was on, is talking about um, working with introverts, uh, uh, saying, um, ask them the question, pause, let them answer, and when they've answered, don't say anything encourage you know smile or nod or go uh-huh but what you'll find is introverts in particular they will carry on talking because mm-hmm. for them it's like oh no I have to say something let me just say this thing quickly and get my point across and then when they realize that actually there is that space open for them and I'm holding that space and they can carry on talking that's where the gold really is and in yeah, I, coaching the same yeah i think that that's such a powerful thing i think you find that a lot of i say anecdotally i found that a lot of um di- the digital industry particularly seo industry is, is quite in- introverted at least from the people that i've i've come into contact with like i said it's anecdotal more than anything but knowing how to how to work with and, and how to communicate with introverts i think is yeah is really important in our industry particularly yeah um so um, listening skills, are there any, is there anything else that um, comes to mind? I, I think they're the main, that's the, the main one from a soft skill perspective. Um, and yeah, I think just being able to, I guess, deliver things as well. So if you're talking, if you're in, in a leadership role and you're trying to get buy-in from your team, you have to know how to deliver something correctly. So it's it's not quite, I wouldn't say quite presentation skills, but it, or public speaking skills, it's, some, it's somewhere in that arena. But it's being able to present a concept to your team that is, you know, it's very different. It's being able to make sure that you you're able to present it in a way that, that allays any any of the the fears or concerns they might have, um, and gets them excited about it as well. Because yeah, like I said, these sorts of things you bring them in can be can be quite jarring for people, um, and they can be quite a big change. And some people don't deal well with change, so you have to make sure that when you present it to them, when you're trying to get their buy-in for it, that you're presenting it in a way that's going to make them excited rather than concerned and, and yeah I think that, that's quite a, a difficult thing to do. Hmm. And I suppose off the back of that whether they're excited or concerned they may not verbalize that so being able to have the skills to um, listen without them speaking yeah. that emotional intelligence yeah. element which um, I don't it, it is improving but it's very slow this emotional intelligence for people in leadership roles often Mm -hmm. gets pushed further and further down the list but actually I feel it's one of the most important elements of it yeah EQ yeah is absolutely I think it's it's so important and something a lot of people can miss um like you said in a leadership role if you don't have a a good level of emotional intelligence you can miss so many cues when you're talking to somebody you Mm -hmm. you can miss that certain nuance in the way they're saying things and 
yeah. and it can lead to problems down the line as well. Um, and I like what you said there about you know being able to, to gauge people's reaction. I think reading the room is, is, I think it's a skill that I've picked up um, a little bit more as I've worked agency side because I work with so many different clients and different businesses mm-hmm. and therefore just a whole different host of personality types. And uh, reading the room was, you know, quite quite a useful skill to have because you can, like I said, as you're talking, you can start to gauge people's reactions. You can see the body language that they're starting to exhibit mm-hmm. if they're switching off to it. How you might need to switch up um, how you talk about something. It, yeah, I think that's a, yeah, that was quite a useful one to have too. Yeah, I think even um, gauging the energy. So, in 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 the work I do, I'll say to people, you can go into a room. There'll be three people sat down, not saying a word. They can't, you can't even see their face. They've got their backs to you. But you can feel there is a peace and tranquility in that room. You go to another room, same scenario, and you'll feel um, less comfortable. You, you can't even see their faces, but their thoughts will create this energy. And being able to be still enough in any room to gauge that energy is is something that again we're not often taught we're not even it's not often even highlighted but it's so important as a manager to be able to feel that yeah i completely agree so what advice would you um, give to a team member we've talked a lot about the concept we've talked about what a new manager could do say there is a team member and they're part of this you know, new concept, happy, high performing, everyone's loving it, but they've got a problem. They, they're not sure what to do. And I know you've touched upon feedback, but how is it best for them to communicate it to the manager? And supposing there is no framework in place. Yeah, so I think that you can't be having just a, a complete one-to-one with your, with your manager. And I think you, you need to have something like a one-to-one session where you set expectations of each other as well. So um, you could talk about how you both like to receive and give feedback and then how that can work between the two of you. Um, make sure that if you're if you're a team member, you're clear on what your expectations or the, what the manager's expectations are of you. Um, and equally, the kind of, like I said, the kind of things that, that you would want them to be aware of as, when, as they're managing you as well. Um, I think that's probably a good way to gauge um, how how much I guess the EQ your manager might have as well in the sense that if they're willing to have that session with you and have that open discussion that's a really that's a sign of a really good manager because they're obviously open to to changing the way that they um the way that they work or approach things and they're open to making sure they tailor that to you which is an important skill to have as a manager and I think that is you know almost a non-negotiable is making sure that you've got the ability to to change how you work with people and to listen to feedback and have those like i said those open discussions with people at least that's how i would i would like someone to come to me and just say i'm, I'm not sure about this on how i'm struggling with this can can you give me a bit more insight into certain areas or is there a way that we like how, how can we work together how can we give each other feedback um and and yeah i think i think that's the, probably the best way to do it is just that open discussion i appreciate that's not going to be easy for everyone because i don't i don't know if that is something that every organization has is, is someone that's able to listen like that but you know, certainly for myself and, and the managers that I know and the leaders that I know in role, I think that would be a really good approach. Alex, can you write a post on LinkedIn, manager non-negotiables? I love that. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea for a post. <laughs> that's, that's a really good one. Um, I, I, I do hear what you're saying, though, that sometimes the organisation isn't geared up towards that sort of framework. So it's great to be able to, if you can, if go in and 
work out that framework between you. Um, I would also encourage people that, you know, if you're part of an organization that doesn't have the framework, that has a manager that isn't willing to listen, doesn't want to engage in that, then maybe you've got a bigger question to ask rather than whether, you know, that, that little problem you may have in the team. I think sometimes these are all little clues about whether you should be there at all. Um, because it, you know, if you don't own your career, you're stuffed. You, know, you can't wait for everyone else to sort themselves out before your career is sorted. I tell people, just think of, your, think of yourself as an entrepreneur, even if you are employed, rather than giving that ownership to somebody else. Sorry? Sorry, I was going to say, you've got to have that relationship with your manager. And like you said, it's probably a clue um, if you can't have that. Um, because everyone should want to to know what their expectations are of each other, and and you know that's how you get to a high performing place is is you know how best to work with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sadly, we've run out of time. Um, we ask a few questions to all of our guests. One of them is, what would your what would you like our listeners to take away as their main takeaway from today's episode? Well, I think I think the main thing is that that high performance in a team is possible without losing losing culture. And if you can't balance the two, um, or if you think you're in an organisation that absolutely couldn't, then I mean, like you said, it maybe is a clue as to to, to what you should be doing with your career after that. Um, but yeah, I think I think the takeaway is that you can get a high performing team without sacrificing happiness as well. Brilliant. And what's the best career advice you've ever been given? Oh, I'm not sure whether it, it, it would constitute as advice, but um, I I had a moment earlier in my career with um, with one of my old managers who gave me some really tough, honest feedback that I'd never had before. Um, and it was the best thing that has ever happened. So I, I guess being open to feedback um, as an advice perspective. So making sure that, you know, if, if it is negative feedback, as long as it's come from the right place and it is, you know, it, it's hard to gauge at the time whether it's correct. I didn't take it very well, if I'm being completely honest. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, being, being able to take that feedback and, and being able to see um, where the other party is coming from, I think, is a really good skill. And, and admitting that you, you, you never know everything. Um, so feedback is always useful. Okay. So I was going to ask what's the best career advice you would give our listeners. Do you want to sort of wrap it up in the same thing or have you got something else? No, I think I think I would wrap it up in the same thing. I think yeah, you, you never you can never know everything, um, and yeah, feedback is is the most important way to keep learning and developing your skills. So, embrace it, enjoy it when it comes, and yeah, as long as it is structured in the right way, I guess is is the caveat to that because there are forms of feedback that aren't great. But um, as long as you've been given structured feedback, take it on board, and then try and try and pick it, unpick that, and work out what that can do to help you develop. Um. Next question, one person to follow in SEO. Oh, uh, if you're into, um, I guess, more, yeah, more like sort of the, the, the development of SEO, I, I love love posts from uh, Morty Oberstein, obviously um, host podcast himself as well. But yeah, he, he's got some really useful posts on SEO and, and yeah, great part of the community. Wonderful. Um, I will uh, put a link to Maudie's LinkedIn into in the show notes as well as your as well as yours, and um, so we've got the LinkedIn um, and social media. 
But what's the best place to contact you? I think LinkedIn is is usually the best place to to contact me. So um, my LinkedIn URL I think is, is Alex Hyphen Wright Hyphen Marketing. So nice and easy to remember. Um, but if you search for Alex yeah. Wright, hopefully I'll come up. So yeah, best way best place to find me, and I post regularly on there as well. I've seen your posts. I love your posts. They're really easy to read and really eye catching. But um, so I'm going to ask a slightly different question. What sort of things would you be able to help people with if they were to contact you? So, I mean, it, yeah, I, I can help with a variety of different things. So S- SEO, search marketing is obviously my my day to day. But equally, if, if someone wants to have a chat around um, building you know, high performing teams and, and culture and and trying to, to balance that and, and sort of some some ways to manage manage teams effectively. Yeah, also more than happy to to help from that perspective as well. That's really great because um, people who have been listening to this, um, although you've given us a lot of detail, I find I'm thinking that that detail then opens up more questions. So if anybody who's listening wants to ask Alex more and more detail, I might be picking your brain about one or two things that you said as well. So you, you know where to find him. I certainly know where to find him. <laughs> So we're going to wrap up the podcast for today. Um, Quick reminders that if you'd like to support Sarah and myself with um, the Buy Me A Coffee or subscribe to the podcast, then um, the link will be in the show notes. Alex, thank you so much for today. It's It's been lovely talking to you and a wonderful topic to talk about. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed that. Wonderful. Take care.